0: Hey, if you got your Bibles, open them up to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. That's where we're going to be the majority of the day. We'll read a couple verses before then. If you got some notes, wave them at me just real quick. Yeah, okay. Well, we're so glad that you're here. Again, if you are a guest here at at OSC, thanks so much for being here. Um, It is our honor to have you uh, as our guest, and um, to see what God's doing in our church is just absolutely amazing. You know, I talk to a lot of people. Uh, throughout the week, and a lot of you, and just even just going around our city. And and one of the things that has kind of been a, a common theme that I've heard over the past probably a couple of months has just been people just saying, man, I just feel so overwhelmed. I feel so overwhelmed. How many of you have just been in an overwhelming season? Raise your hand. Yeah, seeing there's a lot of us that are just going through a very overwhelming, very overwhelming season. And, and how many you know, there's a lot of information that's out there. There's a lot of news that's out there. There's a lot of social media that's out there. I mean, it's just a lot to, to, to take in. Uh, I mean, you just can't even go to Walmart without 500 choices. Come on, somebody. Any husband here, your wife sent you to the grocery store and she's like, I need you to buy some cough syrup. And you go, you go on that line, you're like, you want cough syrup with like runny eyes, you want cough syrup with runny nose, you want cough syrup with ears. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And then she's like, oh, and by the way, I need you to get some toothpaste. And you're like, oh, dear Jesus. You walk down the toothpaste. Huh? Anybody go down the toothpaste? It's like 20 feet long. You want fluoride, non fluoride, you want a test, you want, you want spearmint, non spearmint. I mean, you go, and how many know, man, you don't choose the right one? You don't choose the right one. You come on, she's like, why'd you buy that one? I don't know. There's a hundred choices. You get overloaded with all of these choices that are there. That's why I like places like Raising Cane. What do you want? Chicken or chicken? I want some chicken. I just, come on, somebody with me? I like, easy, easy. I like simple. I like simple. But I wish that that was the only thing that overwhelmed us, but unfortunately, that's not the only thing that overwhelms us. We got legitimate things that really overwhelm us, financial the overwhelming debt is piling up and you seem to not be able to, to get a grasp on it or your marriage is tanking very quickly and you, you just don't know what to do and it's getting overwhelming relationships all around you seem to be falling apart uh, your job it seems like your workload is just you can't take it. it it's more work is being piled on you than you can actually do more responsibility and then you got just the emotional things you got you know guilt that piles up on you feel overwhelmed by guilt feel overwhelmed by regret feel overwhelmed by grief some of you are some of you this Thanksgiving you're going you're you're to get, get a wall that's going to hit you because you're going gonna to have an empty seat at the, at the table. And that's just the reality of it. And it can be extremely overwhelming with emotions, circumstances, situations. But today, I hope, if anything, just to give you some hope. Because as you read all throughout Scripture, many men and women who love Jesus walked through overwhelming situations. And I'm going I'm to read one of them to you. Uh, this is King David in Psalms. And this is what he says in Psalms. He says, save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire, and I can't find a foothold. I am in deep water, and the floods are what? Everybody say that with me. They're what? They're overwhelming me. They're overwhelming me. And I am, now look look what happens. I'm what? I'm tired. Come on, how many know when you get overwhelmed, you get exhausted. You get exhausted. And it says, and from crying for help. So I'm dedicating today's message to every person that feels like this, that just feels overwhelmed with the situations and circumstances that you're walking through. Maybe you're exhausted, tired, fatigued. Maybe you've been searching for help, but you just haven't been able to find any. This message is dedicated to you. I hope, if anything, this just breathes some fresh air into your soul and into your spirit, and you walk out of here hopefully not feeling as overwhelmed as you did when you walked in. Can I get an amen if somebody wants to receive that today? All right, so let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 19, and let's answer this question, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed? This is one of my favorite uh, passages in scripture. I've been actually reading through 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, just in my own devotions over the past couple of months. And this story really jumped out to me, and it's a guy who's going to be walking through, you'll see in just a minute, a very overwhelming situation. Um, he is a, a godly king, and his, his name is King Jehoshaphat. Come on, how many know that is a name right there? I got three boys. They all got biblical names. I got Josiah. He's my firstborn. I got Judah. He's my second. I got Joel. He's my third. All biblical names. Come on, how many are you up for if I got a fourth boy? Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat Belt. <laughs> Nickname, J Fat. <laughs> J Fat Belt in the house. Come on, how many know that'd be the coolest guy at Jennings? J Fat. Walking the hall. <laughs> we are not having a fourth boy. Um, So King Japhat lived in Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim. And now watch this. And he turned them, what? Back to the Lord. Now this is, you're going to see all throughout the Old Testament, there were godly kings and there were wicked kings. There were kings that turned people away from God. They would say things like, they did not follow the ways of the Lord. And then you would see... Very rare, but there were some that were godly kings that did things in the ways of the Lord. King Jehoshaphat was a godly king, and he had turned the nation of Israel back to the Lord. They were in a good place in life. Things were going well. People were serving God. I mean, the churches were growing, things were happening. People loved Jesus. But how many know, as soon as you take steps towards God, how many know you're about to fight something? How have you been like that? Man, you're trying to get your life right with God. I mean, you're coming to church more often now. I mean, you're going through next step. You're getting in a life group, and all hell breaks loose. Anybody in here? Well, that's about to happen in the next chapter, chapter 20, with King Jehoshaphat and the people of Israel. It says, after this, the armies of the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Minyanites all declared war on King Jehoshaphat. So not only does he got one army going against him, he's got three armies going against him. It says the messenger told him, a huge combined army is now marching what? Against you. Against you. Against you. And from beyond the Dead Sea. This is a, a, a terrible Difficult, overwhelming situations. He's got the tribe of the Moabites, the tribe of the Ammonites, the tribe of the Mennonites. Those were nowhere near as bad and deadly as the termites and the mosquito bites and <laughs> come on, somebody. Uh, parasites, um, nowhere near as healthy as the egg whites. Um, they didn't use the force like the Jedi Knights. I can, I can keep going, okay? <laughs> keep going here. Anyways, so they got three armies all converging on one another, coming after the children of Israel. Overwhelming. Overwhelming situation. How many would say pretty overwhelming? Yes. So uh, King Jehoshaphat does something. What I want to do today is I want to share you what he does to walk through this overwhelming situation because I believe it is a template for us for no matter what you're walking through. If your marriage is on the verge of just being over can't handle your finances, you got relationship strains, work is crazy. I'm going to tell you right now, if you can take these four things and apply it to your life, you'll walk through anything. Y'all ready? Number one, he turned to God for help. He turned to God for help. Now let me show you. Second Chronicles now, chapter 20, verse three, it says, Jehoshaphat was badly shaken by this news. I would be too. So he panicked, right? No, no, no. What did he do? so he prayed so he prayed to the lord for guidance and he gave orders for a fast to be observed throughout the country look at the next verse and it says this it says in the entire country of judah united together and what are they doing they're seeking who they're seeking god's help so he says okay it's not only me i'm not only going to pray man we're going to all do this together everybody we're going to come together we're all going to seek god's help together and says and they came from all the cities to what what do they do Pray to God. And then Jehoshaphat stood before all the people and he prayed aloud. Come on, now that's a leader right there. He says, No, 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 listen, I know this is an overwhelming situation. Our, our first initial response is to want to panic, but we're going to pray. I'm going to call everybody. Come from all your cities. We're going to come together. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God's help. And then I love this. Once they all come together, he stands up and he says, All right, everybody, bow your heads. And he begins to pray out loud. That is a leader. Come on, how many of you know our nation would look different if we had a leader that stepped up and did this right here? Amen. Come on, we're just going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord together. And why is it that when we go through a situation that is extremely overwhelming, we don't turn to God first. We turn to everything else first. Right? So when we're going through an overwhelming situation, our health is going or deteriorating. We don't pray first. We Google first. Isn't that true? Your marriage is going down. You Google first, all right? Your kid's going crazy, you're Googling, Googling first. How do I deal with this? I mean, we Google first, we don't pray first, and instead of prayer being our first response, usually prayer is our last resort. So we say things, stupid things like this. Well, I guess all we got left now to do is pray. Like, seriously? We have come to that part where the last thing that you can do now is to pray. But I love King Jehoshaphat. The very first thing he did was pray. Now, if y'all have never noticed, I wear this black band all the time. I never take it off. I shower with it. always do it. How many of you got a black band like this? Anybody here got a black band like this? If you don't know, if you don't have a black band like this, you can on the way out. You can grab a black band like this. And in, in this black band is inscribed, pray first. Pray first. And I wear it all the time because I've got to also remind myself that when life doesn't happen the way that I want it to, that instead of the first response of going to Facebook and letting anybody else on Facebook know what I'm going through. Come on, somebody. Anybody know those people? All right. If you are, just keep your hand down. And so, you know how it is. Oh, it's a terrible day. Well, why don't you just go to the Lord about that? We don't, or reach out to somebody, text somebody. We all don't need to know. Unless you want us to. We say things like this. I'm praying for you. Right? That's what we do. But this is King Jehoshaphat's very first thing. Okay, overwhelming situation. First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to turn to God for help. Not, he's not going to be the last thing. If it's, if it's big enough for me to worry about, it's big enough for me to pray about. Amen. If it's big enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. And I'm going to tell you, you, you can't get the right answers in the wrong place. You know what I'm talking about? It's the reason why you didn't cheat off the dumb kid in school. All right? <laughs> Come on, let's be honest here. Dumb kid sitting right next to you, he's like, hey, bro, look. And you're like, mm, I'll guess. Oh, that's him. No, I'm all right. No, I'm all right. Right? Why? Because you ain't going to get the right answers in the wrong place. And yet oftentimes we're trying to find relationship guidance and counsel. We're trying to find marriage guidance and counsel. We're trying to get out of our overwhelming situations by looking to the wrong place. And God says, listen, you you need to look to me first. King Jehoshaphat, great, the greatest thing he did is he said, God, we're going to turn to God first. We've got three armies coming against us. We don't know what we're going to do. We're going to look to God first. I love this verse in Psalm 61. Look at this Psalm 61. When my heart is overwhelmed, when my heart is overwhelmed and weak, lead me to the rock that is what? Higher than I. Now notice he didn't say, lead me to the club. Lead me me to the bar. Lead me to the prescription drugs. He said, no, lead me to a God that's higher than my problems. I don't need something at the same level of my problems or under me. I need something greater than me. That is where we are. When we turn to God, we go, God, you see something that I don't see. You got a perspective that I don't have. Help me here. We turn to God looking to him for help. When you feel overwhelmed, I pray that you would not be intimidated. I pray if anything, you would be motivated to pray and seek God, to find people, to grab people, to get, get into a relationship with people, go, man, I need, I need God in this moment. Number two, say, so focus on God, not the problem. They focused on God, not the problem. So I, I want to I show you what he did. So this is his prayer. So he said, okay, we need to pray. We need to seek God. We need to get help from God. And so he gives this prayer from verse 6 to verse 12 is their prayer. I'm going I'm to walk you through their prayer, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out three things that we see within their prayer. Here's the beginning of the first prayer. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 6, it says, Oh, Lord, are you not? Now, you're going to watch. He's going to actually pose all these in questions. Are you not the God who is in heaven? What's these two words? You what? You rule. Now, what, what's happening? They got three armies coming against them. And he's going, he's just reminding God, hey God, you rule over all the kingdoms and of all the nations. Power and in might are in your hands, and no one can withstand you. No one can withstand you. Write this, number one down, remember how big God is. You got to remember how big God is. Are you not God in heaven? Don't you rule over all of this? These armies that are coming against me, God, they compare nothing to you. I'm going to be honest with you, I've walk through a lot of dark, discouraging, depressing days. And I'm sure many of you have. If you, if you go through life at all, you're going to walk through dark, depressing days. And, and what ends up happening, the reason why oftentimes we're walking through those situations, some of it we've caused ourselves, some of it has happened to us, but what ends up happening is, is our problems are bigger than our God. And so the Bible would say this. The Bible would give us, this is the prescription that the Bible gives us. You need to magnify the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Y'all, y'all got a magnifying glass? And you're, you're, you, you can look at something that's small and it makes it bigger. Can I tell you that that's what worship does for us? Worship shifts the perspective of having a small God and big problems and it makes you having a big God and small problems. It actually doesn't make God bigger. This is what it does. It draws God closer The Bible says that as you draw near to God, what does it say? He draws near to you. Now listen, if I put my hand up like this in front of the sun, I could guard the sun. I could block the entire sun. It'd make my hand look pretty big. But it's only perspective. It's only because of where I am. That sun moves a lot closer, my hand's not gonna be that big anymore. When you worship God, when you lift your voice to God, this is what happens. The perspective starts changing. God gets closer and your problems get smaller. Whatever you magnify, you get more of. That's right. So if you magnify your problems, guess what you get more of? Your problems. You magnify the situation, you get more of the situation. Worship has this ability to flip the script. Big problems face a little God, and then all of a sudden as I worship God, a big God faces little problems. Problems shrink when God expands. And it's not that God is getting bigger. It's just your perspective is changing. How many know that's why we start this service off in worship? Because all of you come in here, like myself, with problems. And we start singing, and you're like, No mountain you're going up. And then all of a sudden, you start singing these words, and you know what they are? They're just reminding you of what God does. Come on, how many know sometimes you just got to go back to some old school worship? Any, any old school worshipers in here? Man, I'm, I'm an old school, you know, I, I, for those that don't know, the first eight years when I, when I started here at the church, I was the worship leader here. And so, I, I'm, you know, that's what I knew was some, some of that old school, I exalt thee, come on, y'all know somebody, nothing but the blood. What can wash away my sins? Yeah, y'all good, y'all good. What can make me whole again? Come on now. Listen, you start singing these. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me. Man, we got to work on this choir a little bit, okay? You start, come on, how many know you start believing what you're thinking? And this is what these people did. They said, God, aren't you the God? Aren't you the one that rules? Aren't you the one that's over all this? We need to remind our problems how big our God is. Cancer ain't got no place in this house. Come on, terminal disease don't got no place in this house. Come on, we got Jesus is the name above every name and he is bigger than everything that we face. Can I get an amen from somebody? Sometimes you just got to shut the door and you just got to get some worship music. You got to, you got to, you got to get there. And I love what Corey Tim Boone says. He says, she said, if you look to the world, you'll be distressed. If you look inside, you'll be depressed. And if you look to Jesus, you'll find rest. Come on. That's a good word right there. And the reason why some of us are depressed is because all we're doing is looking inside. We ain't looking to Jesus for where, look to our heels for that's where our help comes from. So we're looking to God, not the problem. Remembering how big God is. Here's the second thing. We're remembering what God has done. Remembering what God has done. Oh God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land before you brought your people Israel here? Did you not? Just remind himself, God, didn't you bring us here? Didn't you drive these people out before? Reminding himself of what God did in the past. Isn't that what happens to us all the time? How many of you know we remember things that we should forget and we forget things we should remember? Y'all know what I'm talking about? We're always remembering things that, that don't, like movie quotes. <laughs> You know, somebody quotes a movie like, oh, I can can finish the rest out. And then they're like, man, I've just been, I've been afraid. You got a Bible verse on that? No, I don't know anything. (laughs) Right? Come on. We're remembering things that we should forget. And we're oftentimes forgetting things that we should remember. And we need to remember what God has done for us. Because when those moments come and you lose your job and you start wondering, man, how's God God, going to provide for this? how's God going to provide for our marriage? How's God going to provide for our family? How's God going to provide in this situation? How's God going to heal me? I don't know. And the truth is, we don't have to know. We just need to know that he can. Come on. How many of you have seen God provide? Come on, somebody. How many of you have seen God heal? Anybody in here? All right. I have two. I have two. But isn't it when, when things start going a little crazy, how quickly we forget that? I mean, God brought you all the way to this place, sustained you, provided for you, gave you the, the spouse that you had, gave you the kids that you had, gave you the relationships that you have, and then, and then we get to this place, and we kind of start freaking out, and we quickly forget of what all that God has done for us. How many of you God has blessed you? How many of you God has forgiven you? Come on, how many God has healed you? He strengthened you, empowered you, pro- provided for you. When you forget what God has done for you, you lose faith in what he can do for you. When you forget what God has done for you, you forget what he can do for you. Sometimes our, God's past faithfulness is the greatest confidence for where we go in the future. We look back and go, God, if you did it then, you can do it again. Come on. Number three, remember what God has promised. So we've got to remember how, God is, how big God is. We've got to remember what God has done. Remember what God has promised. Second, uh, Chronicles 20 verse 7 says, and did you not give this land to your friend Abraham's descendants to be theirs forever? So it's not only God, you're the ruler overall. God, also, didn't you drive out all these inhabitants already? Didn't you, didn't you get us out of Egypt? You did all this. But now it's, God, but also, didn't you promise this to be our land? Isn't this our place? You've already given it to us. So he's just recalling, reclaiming the promises that God had already given them. Do you know that there are 7,000 promises in the Bible? 7,000 promises in scripture. And you know what worry does? Worry reveals that you don't remember his promises. I'll say that again. Worry reveals that you don't remember God's promises. Because listen, if God, how many of you believe, yet again, come on, how many believe God's a provider? Raise your hand. Okay, put your hand down. How many of you worry about finances? Raise your hand. Yeah, you don't raise your hand on that one. Mm. Right? Why do we worry? Because we forget that God is our provider. How many believe that God is a healer? Yes. When you get sick, we worry. Why? We forget. God is a healer. We look at these scriptures. I pray that these scriptures that are these promises would become anchors to your soul when you, listen, you don't need these promises when life's good. You need these promises when life is hell. To get you through some of the hardest moments in your life. You know, just like our body needs energy. When you leave here, most of you are probably going to go eat lunch. Why? Just because that's what we do in South Louisiana, all right? <laughs> we eat. Why? Because it gives our body nourishment and energy. Here's the question. What does your soul feed on? You know what it feeds on? Hope. And you know what feeds hope? God's promises. God's promises. God's promises. You know why people feel hopeless? Because they're not listening to God's promises for them. But come on, how many know when you hear God's promises, it builds hope inside of you to go through it again? So here, let me share with you some hope this morning. Psalms 34, 17. Look at this. You can just write these down, put these in your car, tape them to your forehead. I don't care. Do something. So you see these all the time. It says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for what? For help. He hears them. God hears them. And he rescues them from all their troubles. And the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And the righteous person faces many troubles. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Come on, how many you know that's some good news this morning? He hears you. He rescues you. He's close to you. Look at the next verse. Hebrews 13:5 through 6. For God has said, I will never what? Amen. I never fail you. God's never gonna fail you. I will never abandon you. He's not gonna leave you. He's always with you. But how many know there's oftentimes we feel like he's not with us? But may this truth sink deep into your heart. He's not gonna fail you, He's not gonna abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I love how he personalizes that. My helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? May these truths anchor your soul. What has God promised you? For those that, that know, when our son got diagnosed um, with the lung disease that he has, the very first thing my mom, when she showed up at the hospital on an index card, I have it framed on my piano in my house, and it, and it was from my grandmother. My grandmother loves God. She's a praying woman. And she wrote down a verse. And it said, Psalms 117, God, uh, Joel will not die, but he will live and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. And that's what it said on this card. And I have it framed on my piano. And every time I come down the stairs, I'll take a look at it. And then just remember, this is a promise I believe God's given us. We're going to stand on this thing. We're going to believe in this thing. Come on, right? We've seen that for Pastor Bubba. We've seen that for Mr. Clayton. We're seeing that for different people. God is a good God, and I'm gonna tell you something. Even if He didn't heal, He's still good. Come on, somebody. Even if He didn't do what we wanted Him to do, He's still good, though. And I still believe His promises are true. I still believe it. And you gotta hold. Listen, you've got to get your own own promises and hold on to those. For yourself, or when you wake up in the morning, you speak these things over yourself. Number three, admit my inability. Got to admit my inability. Look at verse 12, I love this, look what he says. First three words, we are powerless. Now I love this because this is such a correlation between verse six. If you go and look in verse six, look at verse six. Verse six says, power and might are in your hand. And then verse 12 says, we are Powerless. So this is what he's saying. Verse 12, he's saying, God, we ain't got no power. Verse 6, he says, God, you got all the power. <laughs> God's got the power. I don't have the power. And the greatest place for us is first to just to admit that. I can't do it. God's got the ability. I have the inability. We are powerless. Verse 12, against this mighty army that is about to attack us, and we don't know what to do. How many of you have said that a lot in your life? I just don't know what to do. But we are looking to you, to God, for help. I mean, this is the first step in Celebrate Recovery. You can't do it. If you could, you wouldn't be in here. We've got to first admit, we cannot do this. We are powerless. Maybe you felt like this in your finances or in your marriage or in your job or in your relationships. Just feel powerless. Like, I don't know what to do. You're in a good place. You're in a good place. So King Jehoshaphat and all of Israel first turned to God for help. Then they said, okay, God, we're going to look to you, not to our problem. We're going to look to you. And, we're, and, then, and then third, we're going we're to admit that we can't do this. we got three armies coming against us. We don't have enough resources, enough manpower. enough. We, don't have, we just don't have enough. We're powerless. And I want you to see how God responds. This is so cool. So look at, the, look at verse 15. This is how God responds to their prayer. Now this is what the Lord says. Don't Be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not whose? But whose? God's. God's. You won't need to fight in this battle. Just stand strong in your places and you will see the Lord save you. Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid and discouraged. Here's number two. Says it twice. Because the Lord is with you. And watch the response. So they all bowed down and they worshiped God. Let me give you the three things that I think he's saying in these verses. I'll summarize them. One, don't fight. Don't fight. What? Don't fight. Can, can I tell you why I think some of you are so exhausted and so tired? It's because you're fighting a battle that was never yours to fight. You're fighting a battle that was never yours to fight. If, if you went and got in a plane um, and it was about to take off, and you stood up, and you started doing this. <laughs> As it's running down the runway, you're doing this. You're going faster and faster. Steward is going to come down now. Sir, can I help you? Yeah, I'm just helping. Just helping us get up in there. Just helping us. First off, she would be like, can you follow me? We got a jacket for you. You're going to be wearing it in the back. We'll have some nice men that will greet you after you get off the plane. Right? You look crazy. You know, and then then it gets up in the air and you're just kind of doing all that. How many know you could sustain that for a little while, but eventually, I mean, she's going to be like, Can you please stop? You're scaring the children. (laughs) So finally, you stop and then you realize, We're still flying. And oftentimes, we come into life like that. We're doing this. And God's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? God, I got this. I'm helping you out. And God's like, you were never holding me up in the first place. I was holding you up. Come on, isn't that what we do, though? We feel like we got a part to play in regards to the fight. And God's saying, no, you don't need to fight. You don't need to do anything. I got this. I got this fight. And some of us in here are so exhausted because and here's what's going here, Here's here's how awesome God is, though. He lets you get to the end where you're like, and then you come into church, you're like, I can't do it anymore. He goes, Okay, good. Let's start there now. Right? Most people come to church not as their first option, as their last option. But that's okay, because God just comes in and he goes, Hey, you weren't holding me up in the first place. I was actually holding you up more than you even realized. Just come on in. Just come on. We got you. Everybody repeat this after me. Everybody say, God's got this. Look at the person next to you. Say, God's got this. I don't know what this is, but he's got it. He's got it. Whatever you and your wife is fighting about, whatever you're stressing about, God's got it. Don't fight about it. God's got it. Number two, don't, don't run. Don't run. He tells them the battle's not yours. It's God's. You won't need to fight. But he says this, just stand strong. It is never, never Never God's will for me to run from a difficult situation. It is never God's will for me to run from a difficult situation. Most of us, when the pressure gets too intense, we run. The marriage isn't going the way that we want it, so we run. I need another one, a new one, a better one. The job isn't going the way we want, so we run. The relationships are not working out, so we run. This is what we do. We know how to do this well. We run. God's will is never for you to run from a difficult situation. It's for you to embrace the difficult situation because oftentimes in the difficult situation, he's doing something in you and through you. Y'all with me? And if you run when God wants you to stand, you're going to miss out on seeing what God can do. And so he tells them this, stand strong. How many of you know that had to be the most courageous thing to do? Hey, they're going to be coming at you. Don't fight and stand strong. Be like, no. (laughs) I'm grabbing my weapon. I'm just going to put it in the back just for in case, and I'll stand strong for a little bit, then we're running. But if you really believe you're going to stand strong, he's going to fight for you, then then here's what I know. If you run now, you're going to face it again later. If you run from that marriage, you're just gonna face yourself later. It'll just be round two with the second one and the third one and the fourth. So why not just deal with it now? Don't run from the situation. Embrace it. Let God do what He needs to do with you so you don't have to do it again. Amen. Amen. Number three, if you can don't run, don't fight, don't worry. Don't worry. Two times in this verse he says, Don't be afraid or discouraged. How many know if God is fighting the battle, how many battles has God lost? Everybody help me on. How many has he lost? Nine. None. So guess what? I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry. I just trust God. Believe God. He's going to do something that I couldn't do myself. Now let me give you number four. Number four. Here we go. Number four is th- worship and thank God in advance. Worship and thank God in advance. Now watch this. This is the craziest part, okay? It's the best part of all. It's my favorite step of them all. All right? So we're going to turn to God for help. We're going to focus on God, not the problem. We're going to admit that we can't do this. We're unable. And now we're going to worship, and we're going to thank God in advance. Watch what he does. Watch. So here's God's solution on how we are going to fight. So the king appointed musicians and singers in robes to march in front of the army and loudly praise the Lord. Do you all understand what just happened? Here's the solution. Get the choir and the worship team out in the front. Melanie, Scott, Holly, you're leading the charge. Alright. First off, can you imagine the responses of the worship team? Hey, y'all want us to like send y'all a little going out song? No, you coming with us. <laughs> and oh wait, no. And you in front. <laughs> Say what? Can you imagine the army? The Israel army. Hey guys, listen, we're gonna let the worship team lead this one, okay? Y'all good with that? What? And then I think about the perspective of the enemy, you know, got a, got a harp floating down the line, <laughs> trumpets going in, what's going on? Take him out and watch this, watch this. So he, he says, send, send them, march them in front of this army loudly, praise the Lord. And he told them now he, he tells them the song to sing. He says, okay, this is the song that I want you to sing. I want you to sing, thank God. He's faithful. His faithful love endures forever. That's what I want. Yeah, you got, you got like, are we going to do four song set? No, we're going to do a one song set. Here's the song. It's actually a one line set. Thank God his faithful love endures forever. Thank God his faithful love endures forever. Thank God his faithful love endures forever. What was he doing? He was teaching them to be thankful in advance. Thankful in advance. Listen to me very closely. You need to listen to this. If the only time you thank God is after, that's gratitude. If you can thank God before, that's faith. Come on, somebody. If you wait to thank God for what he's done in your life after he's already done it, that's gratitude. That's not thankfulness. Thankfulness is when you can thank God before it happens, in process, before you even see it, because that's called faith. So we go, God, I don't see my children coming to the Lord, but God, I thank you that my chi- all my children will serve the Lord. All my children will know you. All my husband will come to the Lord. He will worship you and love you, and he will lead our family well. God, I thank you, Lord, that even though I don't have any money in my checking account, I believe that you are my provider. I thank you now. Come on, somebody. We thank God in advance. In advance. In advance. If it doesn't look good yet, God's not done yet. God's not done yet. When are you going to start thanking God for the miracle in your life before it's actually the miracle? God, I I thank you. And And then he says, we're going to worship too. And watch what verse 22 says. And at the moment, at the moment, at the moment, they began to sing. They began to praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to begin fighting amongst themselves and they destroyed each other. Listen, we've got some weapons. We've got the name of Jesus that's above every name. Everything will bow to that name. We have the blood of Jesus, the the, the blood that he gave on the cross. We have the word of God. But I'm going to tell you one of your greatest weapons, you don't even realize this, is your worship. Your worship is probably one of the greatest weapons that you have and you don't even realize it. It is the one thing the enemy gets you to not do. And can I tell you why I think the enemy is so scared of a people who lift up the name of Jesus and worship Jesus? You know why I think he is? Because it was his job. Do y'all know Lucifer's job before he fell from heaven was the worship leader? He was the worship leader. That's what was his job. And now he's fallen from heaven and now God's chosen people are doing his job. And I think when he sees God's people doing his job, he hates it. So he gets you to come in here and we start singing about the reckless love of God. And we do this. Because you don't realize that you don't send God to fight your battle until you worship and thank God in advance for him fighting for you. So we say, what can wash away our sins? nothing but the blood of Jesus. Come on, we'll sing now. Because I exalt thee, because I We love you in this place. God, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We thank you in advance. God, you're in this house. You're in this house, God. We love you. We love you. We love you. Come on, churches, tell them how much you love them. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're here in this house. You are here in this house. We thank you in advance. We worship you in this place. There's no other God like you. There's no other God like you. God, we, we we look beyond ourselves and we look to you. We look to you, we look to you, we look to you, God. Oh, we bless you in this place. God, we bless you in this place. God, we bless you in this place. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. And our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Come on, sing it out. Sing, our God is greater. Because our God is greater, our God. And God, you are higher than any other our God is healer awesome in power our God oh you're our God come on one more time we sing it out our God is greater our God is greater come on we sing it over all of our circumstances God you are high. cause our God is healer Oh our God. Come on, let's give Jesus all the praise. God, we love you. Now, if you've been overwhelmed, you've been tired, I want you to stand up. We're going to just pray over you in this place. If not, you can sit down and just pray for someone right next to you. But, God, I pray right now, Lord, every person that's been overwhelmed, God, every person that's going through a season right now, God, it's beyond them. It's over them. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to turn. Today, I pray we would turn to God for you are where our help comes from. God, help us to get our eyes off ourselves, off our problems, and on to you, God. We know that you're great. We know that you're big. We know that you're faithful. God, we know the promises of God. God, that are over our lives, and I speak that over all of the people in your house today. God, we give you thanks in advance. Give you thanks in advance, God, that you're going to do a powerful, powerful miracle in our life, God. Lord, I love you. We love you. We thank you. We worship you in this house. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, come on, let's give Jesus the praise in this place. Amen. You can grab a seat. Come on, somebody. I mean, I don't preach, but I'm just feeling. We just need to come to a place. I'm going to tell you, we just, I'm going to tell you, if you can get your eyes off yourself, if you could, listen, if you could do that, every morning you wake up, you're driving to work, turn off Fox News, turn off your phone, or at least turn it off on the side, Throw some worship music on and just get in the presence of the Lord. Keep your eyes open for the road, but just come on. People think I'm crazy. I'm just worshiping the Lord. People look over me and thank God for Bluetooth now. They think I'm on the phone. So i was like, I mean, it's all that, you know, come on. Y'all haven't been around me when I worship, man. It's a whole nother. You gotta get in my truck. My truck is bumping. All right, so ain't no. It's loud coming to my house. If you come to my house and there's music bumping, I'm getting it. Okay, so I'm just letting you know. I'm telling you right. If you could do that, your life would change. You can walk through anything. It's what got me through what we what we've gone through with Joel. It's got me through the darkest of days. It can get you through it too.